What is up, guys? Welcome to the Hook and Ladder. I am James, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Garrison, as always. And we are here for episode number four of the Hook and Ladder, and you are in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Premier League action. Carolina Panthers continue to make moves that do not include Cam Newton, which is great for everyone but Cam. (laughs) Sorry, Cam. The Dallas Cowboys have lost a key player, which is good for everyone, including everyone except for Cowboys fans, but they don't count as people. Oh, man. A star player in the Premier League is close to returning to action, if there were action. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers tried to make a trade, but it fell through. Sorry, it probably involved Cam, but it didn't. Stay tuned. A positive trend other than the coronavirus is happening in the footballer world. Stay tuned for that, as well as a baseball player needs Tommy John surgery. Who is it? Why do they need it? And what <laughs> is Tommy and who is John? Oh, All right, man. guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Boom, Splacak, Hook and Ladder with Hardy and Oats, as always. Stay tuned. Welcome back, guys. Episode 4 of The Hook and Ladder. I'm Hardy. And I'm Oates. And right now, we have a big hypothetical that we want to go over with you guys. Uh, and it comes courtesy of Colin Coward. So he likes to get the pot stirring. We know this uh, when we listen to Fox Sports Radio. He came out and kind of dropped a little a little uh, hypothetical of what he thinks might happen in the Patriots organization. He says he thinks Bill Belichick could tank next year in order to go get this college player. Who's that college player that they would tank for? Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, the long-haired, shaggy monster from Clemson himself, Trevor Lawrence. So uh, do you see the Patriots being a team that would tank? I personally uh, am going to have to put my vote as, yeah, if they cheat all the time. Why wouldn't they do something that's not cheating? And just suck for once. Well, I personally don't see that happening. Mm. Uh, When I look at Bill Belichick, he is a guy to me who needs to win. He wants to be successful no matter what. And when you, I don't know how old he is. No matter what. No matter if it's cheating. But exactly, but he so he wouldn't lose. So, so he wouldn't. He would not accept losing. Okay. And I don't think he would willingly accept blowing up the culture he's taken years and years upon years of building to just tank for a rookie. And the Patriots have never been about bringing in rookies in any case. Whenever you see them in the draft, recently they've started drafting put people, which is a huge surprise. But normally they trade. They trade all their picks so they could bring in solid veteran pieces. So to suddenly do a complete 180 and go against everything that the Patriots dynasty has been about and everything he's built, I don't think so. And you know what else I think? I think he wants to beat Brady. He wants to show Brady, no, I was really the one who was successful. I'm the one who set you up for success. So, no. Do you think they really have a relationship to where it feels like they're like competitive in that way in that 100%. Room? When oh. I look at Tom Brady, he wants to win now in Tampa, which is why they're being super aggressive on the trade market as well. Um, he wants to show Bill, says, no, I can win wherever. You just lost out on me. I'm going to go win in Tampa. And Bill says, uh-uh, I'm going to win in New England. So it, I, I feel like they're kind of measuring each other up right now. So, no, I, I don't think that they would tank in order to get So a, is signing Brian Hoyer again tanking? Well, that's a good point. That's a valid question. Uh, I think that they brought Hoyer in to be the teacher and mentor of uh, the current youngster that they have on that roster. Um I think he's going to be more in the mentor role. Now, that being said, it if, Stidham, Stidman, right? if Stidham has a bad performance, they would absolutely put Hoyer in. But who's to say that Bill Belichick couldn't have Hoyer 
be have a successful season. Would he be as successful as Brady? No, not at all. But in that division, they could still push for the playoffs. They only have the Bills. Right. Yeah, exactly. I just... I personally don't want to put anything past Bill Belichick. Would I say that he's such... I, As you've mentioned, all the things that he's done to build this uh, program to what it is and this franchise to what it is, is he so impatient and so competitive with Tom that he's willing to... Uh, that he's not willing to tank for somebody that could potentially have them do the same run of playoff success all over again well uh here's my question to you and sorry i'm looking away from the phone right now so he's 67 years old how much longer do we see bill belichick doing this i mean he does seem like the guy who would have some underground cellar somewhere where he's doing his secret magic and whatnot to stay young and elongate his life but he's 67 and he's already done a lot. He's already won six Super Bowls now. What more does he have to prove other than what I just laid out there that he wants to So you get think Brady? he'll coach as long as Brady plays? Potentially. Potentially. Okay. So we're going to leave this to you guys, fans. Uh, do us a favor if you're listening on the Anchor app. Send us a voice message. What do you think the Patriots are going to do? Also... Who do you got? Do you think that the Patriots are going to do better than the Bucks? As my partner here has laid out for us, is it truly Belichick versus Brady? And if so, if that's the motivating factor for the Patriots for this season, who's going to come off better? If if I were to have to pick, I would probably uh, – I hate to bet against the Patriots because it's a dumb thing to do, but I, I mean – I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I would probably say the Patriots will probably fare better than the than the Bucks, but that's that's just right now. The Bucks haven't uh, done all of their moves yet, and n- neither have the Patriots. So you just upset a lot of your Bucks friends right there. My Bucks friends are already sending me middle finger emojis because of my <laughs> my my thought process on Tom Brady and signing a 43 year old quarterback. Um, I just. I don't think the guy's a bad quarterback. If you if you were to have the conversation with me of who's the greatest of all time, I am going to say Tom Brady. But he's still a 43-year-old free agent that you just gave a fat contract to. Now, granted, it's only two years, but why are you paying him that much for for just two? I, I don't never mind. And from Brady's standpoint, just to, to your point, why isn't he willing to take way less in order for them to go out and sign weapons. I get it. He's done it his whole career. He's played that role. He's taken way less so the Patriots could bring in weapons he wanted. So why not carry it over to Tampa, a team that needs help, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I wish Tom Brady all the success in the world, as well as Bill Belichick. But we'll just have to wait and see. Now, Colin is probably going to go back and say I knew the Patriots would be good if they end up being good and he also has this disclaimer out where he can say I knew they would be bad on purpose so I feel like he's just covering his ass if the Patriots are not good <laughs> like look at how smart See, I was I told you and uh, then he'll also say that I said Bill Belichick's the best coach of all time and that's why he's winning without Brady so Colin, we thank you for the clickbait because we love to talk about clickbait on our show because our listeners want to talk about it too. So that's what we've done. And speaking of Trevor Lawrence and taking for tra- tanking for him, uh, he started a GoFundMe for coronavirus patients. And then Facebook blew up, Twitter blew up with the fact that the NCAA shut him down on his Twitter or on his GoFundMe page saying that he's not allowed to do that as he's an NCAA football player. Then reports come out of something completely different. Tell the listeners what came out after the fact. The NCAA, literally as we were about to start this episode, the NCAA came out and said, wait a minute, that is not at all what happened. We did not tell him to essentially not do this. You know, we support the NCAA or all of our schools under the umbrella of the NCAA in ways that athletes can help their communities with this illness. So no. We did not say that. So it's like you mentioned before we started the episode. It's like a game of Clue now. Okay, wait a minute. So who's the one who told Trevor not to do this GoFundMe page? 
did the NCAA do it? Because you and I both think that the NCAA is a corrupt organization. Uh, or was it the school? Did the school come out? Because I think all the schools are corrupt in this uh, as well. They well, they're in bed with the NCAA. Yeah. They're all making money off these kids, right? Yeah. So you've got football coaches uh, making millions and millions of dollars. Now, I don't think the coach at Clemson would do this. No, I don't. But... But, but what I do, and I'm not saying that whomever told Trevor to take down the GoFundMe did it in ill will, but they did it to protect his eligibility. Mm. Um, now, if the NCAA is truthful in saying, I did not tell Trevor, we did not tell Trevor Lawrence to take this down, I can probably assume that there was somebody who has to do with eligibility at the University of Clemson who saw this GoFundMe and saw this money that was being built up uh, by, you know, a the, student athlete. the student athlete that is highly touted and extremely famous and extremely important to the success of this program. Uh, you know, he's the one that's doing this. They're like, hey, Trevor, stop. Take this down. This could affect your eligibility. And then Trevor could turn around and say, oh, I can't do this because of the NCAA. His friend tweets it. Somebody else, a uh, news reporter, g- grabs it. And everybody runs with this story. So could it have been as harmless as, hey, Trevor, this could affect your eligibility. If you could get in trouble for this, we just want to protect you. Um, because there's been times where people have conversations with college athletes that don't turn out to be correct. Like uh, the, was it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that uh, wanted to fly out uh, Bo Jackson to come visit while he was still playing college baseball? And they said, we spoke with the NCAA. We, they, told, they assured us your eligibility will be fine because this is a separate sport. You can come visit us. Bo Jackson goes and visits with Tampa, comes back, and is you know getting ready for uh, the, a baseball game to play at the University of Auburn. Uh, then the coach comes to him and says, "Hey, Bo, did you go to did you go to Tampa this weekend? Uh, there's this guy who wants to talk to you. He's like, yeah, I went to Tampa. They said they spoke to the NCA and said it was all right. Well, this guy's from the NCA, Bo, and it's not all right. Bo Jackson loses his year of eligibility in the NCA, doesn't get to play baseball, which he loves, does not enter the NFL draft because he doesn't want to be a part of this that system that took away his college eligibility." Goes to play baseball for the Royals, eventually recruited to play football for the Raiders. The rest is history, but my goodness, the NCAA seems to always be involved in these he said, she said situations. Right, right. And it's uh, it, it's really interesting, an interesting situation. You know, it's uh, nobody trusts the NCAA. And uh, if I'm the af- if I'm in Trevor's shoes, I wouldn't trust anybody. So I wouldn't blame him to have a reaction like this, you know, where he immediately pulls back and when, say, Clemson told him that, uh, and, to, and then launch an attack at the NCAA. I, I can understand his standpoint on that, if that is indeed what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is true that the NCAA didn't tell him that, that's, hey, good for the NCAA. They didn't do something wrong for once uh, in their existence. So, um, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see how the reports come out, which side. We'll definitely be following this. Uh, as more information is released. But again, that was kind of breaking news, the NCAA coming out and denying those allegations from Trevor Lawrence. And it could just be a quick backpedal by the NCAA because of the the, uh, the, the backlash. That's horrible. Right. If it is, that's just an awful look. Just deny, deny, deny. Right. Right? uh, Just an awful look. I really hope for the NCAA's case... You know what? I hope that that's the case because it'll just continue to show the corruption that has plagued that organization for much too long now. And the more mess ups they continue to have, the more dirt will continue to be unearthed. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Uh, you speaking of? You know, we've got the new situation with players being able to make money off their own likeness. Um, but with that being said, and you said you think the NCA is corrupt and everything like that. Where do you see the NCAA being in 10 years from now, hypothetically? Well, I think it's heading in the right direction. Let me make that clear. I think uh, the NCAA finally allowing players to benefit from their likeness. It needed to be done long ago, but finally they've made a step in the right direction and have allowed that to happen. Some college football players from Northwestern initially started that, even though they got rid of my college football game. I loved that dynasty mode. In any case, off topic here. Uh, 
they started that trend and sent it to the state of California where it was eventually challenged and California finally said, no, players can do this. And they freed up UCLA, USC, all of these big, Stanford, Cal, these big California schools uh, said, nope, they're, they're allowed to go get like, you know, benefits for their likeness. And the NCAA had one of two options, threatened to kick those schools out of competition, which would have been a huge hit financially, especially when you look at a program like USC, or just open it up. They did the latter, thankfully. Um, as for going back to your question, what do you think it's gonna look like 10 years from now? I think eventually it's just gonna be an open market the way it always should have been. Um, you're already kind of seeing it right now in the transfer portal. You know, players are just shifting schools left and right. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. I think they should stick it out at their school, uh, given the situation. But with all the money that's being passed around right now, um, they are essentially pro athletes without, with, while being in school. Right, someone's someone's getting paid, right? Someone's yes. making the money. And it's not them. Um, They're getting a little Arguably, it's bringing in you know, I, I, I don't know the numbers and I don't want to misquote them. So, I mean, arguably it's up there with NFL numbers, right? So you've yeah. got athletic directors being paid like GMs. You've got head coaches being paid like NFL head coaches. And you've got, you know, concessions workers being paid their dues. You've got advertising dollars that's going, but none of it's going to the players, you know. And, and the NCAA will come out and say, well, they get a free education. They uh, We're doing stipends right. checks but now. But Billy, <laughs> who also got great grades in mathematics and his body isn't being subject to a physical beating and his schedule is not that of a professional athlete with a workload of school, that's not the same. Billy's not the same. So I understand where the, that that's their rebuttal. But as someone, you yourself included, the schedule of a college athlete is rigorous and it's crazy and we have no money unless yeah. our parents have money i grew up i got a scholarship to play football i did not have money my parents did not have money i was scrounging to do these things like eat because i was at a program that didn't have what these big d1 schools have where there's food provided and so with that being said, these these players they 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 deserve more than what they're getting right now, and I that that's for sure. You know? Oh, hundred percent. I had the we'll I'll, we'll stop after this and take a quick break. But I had the pleasure of sitting down with former Carolina Panther and Nebraska Cornhusker Mike Rucker while I was doing my senior thesis on this very subject back in high school, and uh, he, he kind of outlined his schedule at Nebraska. He said, you know. At 6 a.m., you're doing early morning workouts. Then from, uh, you know, 7 a.m. to however long you got class. After 3 o'clock, you go straight to the practice field to do a couple hours of practice. After that, it's the weight room for an hour or so. After that, you go to mandatory study hall, and you, you, tutors are there helping out, which is great. Uh, and then after that, you would go back to the dorm and complete any other assignments that you had to get done to keep up with And now you've got film in there somewhere. You so, know? Film yeah. somewhere, yeah. Uh, so essentially, you're working 20 to 40 hours a week on top of your mandatory college credits that you need to keep up with for NCAA regulations. Um, and so he's, he, the point he made was, where do I have time to go get a job to bring in money for myself? And back then, he didn't have NCAA stipends. He had his uh, scholarship, but there was nothing to go out and get food or anything mm -hmm. like that. And if the coach was just say, hey, go get a burger on me, that's an NCAA violation right, right. there. He just provided an illegal benefit. So there is really, other than the free education, which you can't put a price on that, just kidding, you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when you, you get the free education, that's great, but... It does not cover quality of life expenses. And the NCAA has made steps in the right direction with the stipend checks. But again, the numbers just don't add up. You got coaches, as you mentioned, millions. Uh, the university staff surrounding it, millions. The university itself, millions. The players, zero. And you look across the aisle, the players in the NFL, millions. And all the other people as well, millions. Mm. So that 
that's we're starting to see a shift in the right direction. But yeah. guys, before we move on to our next subject, we're going to take a quick break and uh, get a message from our sponsors. You're listening to The Hook and Ladder on Anchor and a whole host of other listening devices. Welcome back to The Hook and Ladder. It's time. We're going to continue to talk, you guessed it, football. Why? Because America loves football. So first, we just want to kick it off with an XFL doing its job. I'm proud of this league for even though they're taking a hiatus right now, they're allowing their players that have played well to use their platform to get to the next level. P.J. Walker gets signed by the Carolina Panthers and P.J. Walker, just breaking down his stats really quick, in the small amount of tape that we have through the XFL, P.J. Uh, threw for just around 1,338 yards, threw 15 touchdowns, only four interceptions. And uh, as you and I were just talking about, he can do it all. He can do it on the ground. He can do it through the air. Uh, and I, he was the most easily the most exciting prospect in the XFL. Uh, he hails out of Temple where he threw uh, just over 3,000 yards in the last two seasons of his, of his college career um, and was overall great with the ball. He had a QBR rating of over 125 the last two seasons. So very exciting prospect for the Panthers and uh, a potential replacement maybe for Cam Newton. How do you think he'll translate to the NFL? Um, I think, you know, I think he's going to do great. Um, I just am so excited to see him play he's an exciting player uh i think that teddy bridgewater as well is a really good quarterback so that's going to be a good opportunity for him to learn from someone who's been there and been and knows the ropes and has been uh you know on a few franchises before to really um teach him you know what it means to be an nfl quarterback and stay in the league for a long time and i hope that he continues to do that i'm excited that he he's found his way uh in into the nfl um because Earlier this year, or last year rather, in October of 2019, uh, after Walker was drafted in the XFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers actually called the XFL office to ask if they could sign Walker for one week ahead of their matchup with the Baltimore Ravens so that Walker could run similar plays as Lamar Jackson. The XFL blocked the signing because Walker was already under contract for the league uh, for 2020, and so he was allocated to the Houston Roughnecks. And uh, lucky for the Roughnecks, you know they uh, had a great they had they had a great season with him uh, in the shortened season, and uh, good move, good good on the XFL to open up uh, the league once they had to cancel the season due to the coronavirus. I think it was a a good move on their part to open it up to where teams could then move in and sign players for the upcoming season. Uh, that was uh, I'd say that was player friendly and. Um, it, I think the XFL still has a chance to be successful as we move forward. Just on un, un, uncontrollable circumstances right, right. now and uh, unforeseen, that's to be sure. Nobody nobody saw this coming. And, Except China. Huh, that's another topic. We'll get that <laughs> another episode, maybe the politics episode. But uh, no, it's like you it's like you and I talked about the XFL could become a farm league for the NFL and uh, this is the first potential yeah, example I'm, of it. Just you know, with PJ Walker coming into the NFL, you see him uh, if he goes on to actually have success playing games and, and continue to contribute. And uh, in, in, in my eyes, I like Teddy Bridgewater. He did a great job managing the Saints, a great which are a great team. Uh, by no means did he carry them. They're a great team. Right, but they um, were 9 and 2 with him. At quarterback. Right. No. Yeah. So he did a great job. No. No doubt. Uh, but you know, PJ Walker uh, comes in with just 13, 1,300 yards passing through just five weeks, fifteen yeah. touchdowns and only four interceptions, and a perfect five and zero record. That doesn't uh, account for the uh, success on the ground he had as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and for me. Do I think that he's going to have the same amount of success running the ball in the NFL? He possibly could. You see in the NFL Lamar Jackson doing this hour already. Um, and P.J. Walker, uh, not as fast as Lamar Jackson, comes in with a 4.740 time. But a great athlete nonetheless, great player, great vision, well, with the exciting playability, and uh, really knows how to move the sticks and keep the drive alive. I love this guy. I love this move by the Panthers. I don't think that... Uh, you're going to be able to 
uh, get a better backup quarterback for that for bang for your buck right now, and that's what PJ Walker is. I was just going to ask, who do you think the Panthers should uh, start invest more in? Um, I think that Teddy Bridgewater is definitely someone you start now because he's won in the NFL. Uh, he won with the Vikings before his injury. He won with the Saints. He's proved after his injury he can still play. Teddy Bridgewater is a franchise quarterback in my mind. Um, with that being said, uh, you got to let P.J. spin, though. Uh, the way that the Saints were able to use Taysom Hill, similar way you could go ahead and use P.J. Walker. You could bring him into run zone reads, and, and, and as we've seen, he's a great passer, so there's no way for teams to be able to load the box because he's going to make them pay on the back end. So um, I think we're going we're gonna to see... Some, some dual quarterback action, some, some, some two quarterback systems kind of pop up here as the Taysom Hill experiment continues to grow as well. Um, it's a copycat league, and Taysom Hill was extremely effective, yeah. um, both in the postseason as well as the regular season. So, P.J. Yeah. Walker, great signing for the Panthers. Yeah, no, and that's an interesting thing you bring up with Taysom Hill, and we've seen other examples of it before the Saints, you know, uh, well, maybe not before the Saints, but... In addition to, we saw the Seattle Seahawks actually brought up Colin Kaepernick for a tryout. Obviously, it didn't pan out, and of course, he then had to blame the NFL for his lack of success or his lack of getting a job despite his uh, ridiculous contract demands. In any case, you're right. I think this is a trend that we're going to be seeing more of. Speaking of the Carolina Panthers and their quarterback situation, they've made two other moves. They released, or they traded Kyle Allen, rather, for a fifth-round pick from the Washington Redskins. Uh, I think the Redskins got pretty good value out of that. And you still believe in uh, their current quarterback. Why don't you talk a little bit about that situation? Yeah, I still think that Dwayne Haskins is a very viable NFL starting quarterback. Now, last year, he was young and coming into a situation that's not great to be honest. But if we're going to be patient with quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield, we should be patient with quarterbacks like Dwayne Haskins. He has a much worse team than the Browns, way less weapons, and I think that that he's going to be in if if he's given the same amount of opportunity, I think that he's going to do a great job. Um, I think people are quick to uh, to move on from quarterbacks, and it's a sad thing. It takes a little bit. Um, Peyton Manning led the NFL in interceptions in his rookie year, and mm-hmm. and now he's in the conversation for greatest of all time, multi-Super Bowl winner. And it's just important for people to let people grow. Brett Favre was cut by the Falcons, you know, and then they, they send him off to – or maybe he wasn't cut. Maybe he was traded. I forget the de- exact details. I believe he was traded. Uh, but he moves on to Green Bay and becomes one of the greatest of all time. I agree with that. And uh, speaking of the Redskins and their struggles, uh, offensive tackle, uh, they're losing their, one of their long-time offensive tackles, a pro bowler. He's made his de- trade demands clear, but uh, that's another subject. So Kyle Allen goes to Washington. Cam Newton, they tried to trade him to the San Diego Chargers and the Chicago Bears, the Panthers, and both trade options fell through. You still see a market for Cam Newton. I do see a market for Cam Newton. Now, if you were listening to the teaser at the beginning of the show, maybe it sounded like I wasn't a believer in Cam Newton. But I do want to say this. I think that the situation worked out well for the Panthers because they were able to sign P.J. Walker for less money, who's younger, uh, with less hits on his body, and very much athletic like Cam is. And now Cam... No trade market for him because teams know that they are not going to keep that many quarterbacks on the roster, knowing Cam is going to be released after he's released and there's no contract that comes with him. I think you're going to see a lot of people knocking on the door to speak with Cam Newton because he's a good quarterback. Uh, He's not great, but he's good. He's able to manage a game. He's able to move the sticks with his legs. He's a big body. Um, I could see uh, teams like... uh, like the Steelers signing Cam Newton uh, to sit under Big Ben, learn from Big Ben. The things that Big Ben can teach him about sitting in the pocket and reading defenses is going to be something that he hasn't been able to have on the Panthers yet. Then being able to use his athletic ability like Ben did when he was young, the Steelers could be a good fit for Cam Newton. So I'm going to throw a team out here to you because there's the rumor mill is spinning. Deshaun Watson. 
Deshaun Watson uh, has been feeding into the rumor mill because he liked a tweet by Bill Belichick recently. Mm. Uh, he's unhappy with Bill O'Brien getting rid of his weapon in Hopkins. Well, he, um, I believe that that uh, Deshaun also referred to Bill O'Brien as an ass clown oh, after their playoff oh. loss. So, so yeah, that also adds to the rumor mill. So things down in Houston may not be good between the head coach and star quarterback. Maybe Cam Newton brought in similar type of ball, similar type of player as far as what he can do with his feet. Unfortunately, he's on the second half of his career now where he's banged up. I think the Carolina Panthers probably used him too much on the ground and asked him to do too much on the ground. Uh, he's a big guy, but we're seeing the point where his body's starting to break down a little bit. That's why he was out for much of last season, uh, and he can't throw I just don't think he's a great passing quarterback. I've never thought he was a great passing quarterback. When you look at his down-the-field percentage compared to the average NFL quarterback, it looks like he can't hit the broad side of a barn. I, I am from being from Charlotte, North Carolina, or having lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, a lot of my listeners from out there are probably going to be really annoyed at hearing that. But uh, I, I just don't know how big the market is for Cam. But I do think there are teams out there that, can use of services. Yeah, and I think that a, a year of rest will be good for him, uh, for his body, one. And two, you can never underestimate the amount of work that someone can put in to continue to grow at a talent, right? Uh, I mean, he's got the arm talent as far as throwing the ball deep. He can make any throw on the field. Now doing so consistently, keeping his footwork tight and making sure that he's not throwing off balance or out of his back foot. If you see a lot of his throws uh, as he's tried to become a pocket quarterback he's falling away as contacts coming close as he instead of stepping into the throws he's leaning back relying on his arm strength and he's losing accuracy um i think that uh going to a team uh, and continuing to grow in that and a team that already has a quarterback for me a good fit for cam would be someone with a veteran uh, presence maybe even the Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers has never considered himself uh, someone who wants to teach people because Favre didn't teach him either. But maybe Aaron Rodgers being treated how he was by Favre sees as a 37-year-old quarterback, you know, let Cam sit under me, continue to rest for a while. Maybe I can teach him. Maybe even uh, someone like Jameis Winston would fit in the same category for me as going to a team with a current uh, veteran quarterback. But we'll see. I just don't know if Cam's ego could handle going to a situation like that where it's like, okay, now sit and learn, sit and learn. I've done so much for the Panthers. I took them to the Super Bowl back in 2015. I was the MVP of 2015. I don't deserve this. Right. That's how I see it. I quickly see Cam, Cam being whatever a team needs him to be to find a roster spot. We Another person we see who's a little unmoving is is like Colin Kaepernick's situation. Um, obviously, his involves political stuff. And just for the record, on the record, I don't have any problem with uh, anything that Colin Kaepernick's done. I don't dislike him at all. I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback. Um, as a 49ers fan, I thought Alex Smith was a better quarterback. I thought that Colin Kaepernick was a nice wrinkle. But that's what he was. He was a wrinkle. He was able to run when when we weren't running. People were not able to prepare for him. Um, and then when the league got prepared, right? The very go. next year, we we had we had we, you, you saw what happened, right? Um, you know, uh, forced to stay in the pocket, decides to run less, uh, whatever have you, what, however you want to say it, he didn't perform well. Um, so I hope Cam can shift with the times. If he can't, that's fine. As, as I've said on this show before, his passer rating is not that great. He does need to work on throwing the ball. I hope that he sees that he needs to fix some things. Um, so, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks need to fix things, though. So that's just right. the way that it is. You right. just got to continue to grow. Hopefully Jameis can do the same thing with the turnover problem. But we'll have to see what free agency brings with these quarterbacks. Um, yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah, an interesting situation unfolding in Carolina, and we'll keep tabs on that as well. You can obviously follow us on the Hook and Ladder uh, with Hardy and Oates Facebook page. Uh, stay tuned for more updates as they unfold. We're going to take a qu another quick break here, give a second for one more of our sponsors. Uh, we'll be back after this.
What's up guys? Welcome back to the Hook and Ladder. Thanks for sticking with us. We've got some quick updates as far as professional sports news goes, so we want to break it down for you quickly. News in the Premier League. We've got a player who's coming back. I'm going to let my guy tell you because I know he's excited. Go for it. It's Harry Kane. He's one of us. <laughs> Harry Kane has been out, out out with a nagging injury for much of the season, which has been a major reason of why Tottenham Hotspur find themselves in eighth place in the Prem. Not ideal in the least. Many people are blaming Jose Mourinho. Many player, people are blaming Pochettino, the former coach. I don't think it's either their fault. It's just unfortunate injury circumstance, especially when Hyung Min's son also finds himself on the sidelines. So, big news for Tottenham Hotspur. Harry Kane is about three weeks from being fully recovered, according to him. Um, so, this, as unfortunate as this pause in the season has been, uh, hey, it works for us. We get to save points on the table, potentially. Maybe climb for a Europa League spot at number five on the Premier League table. Right. And the Premier League plans to resume the season tentatively on June 1st. So Kane getting healthy at this time. Can they make the push for the spot? That's the question. With our defense, I doubt it. But hey, (laughs) we can remain optimistic. You have some baseball news. Yes, baseball news. Noah Syndergaard of the Mets is actually going to have Tommy John surgery Who's Tommy? Who's John? It's his elbow. It's fricked up, and they've got to fix the fricker in his fricker so he can freaking throw the thing, right? So, Syndergaard, man, the guy, he's got what it takes. He's a great, great pitcher in the MLB. Love the hair. The flow is dope. Got the nickname Thor. Having Tommy John surgery anyways, perhaps... Perhaps he tried to pick up Thor's hammer, and he just couldn't do it, and he fricked up his elbow. So, uh... Yeah, Noah, best of luck to you. Uh, You're probably not listening, but we still wish you best of luck. Heal up. We're excited for you to be able to do that. So uh, other than that, I believe we've got uh, got some news from the NBA. A lottery pick uh, is waiting to see how the coronavirus shapes up before he decides if he's going to go ahead and uh, join the NBA draft. This player hails from North Carolina. Um, if you want to talk about him real quick. Yeah, it's Cole Anthony. I honestly don't see the benefit in waiting if you're likely going to come out regardless of what happens with this coronavirus. It's likely going to blow over in a few months' time. Um, but then again, I don't see the problem with waiting e- with waiting either. So uh, the, to me, this doesn't really change much of his situation. He is going to go pro. Uh, there's no way a talent like him stays at North Carolina, especially given the horrible season they just had. Uh, but hey, if he does stay, I think that's a high character move. Just be, you know, at, he could uh, also still have the desire to win a national championship. Exactly, exactly. And you look at how bad of a season they had. They would not have made the tournament unless they won the conference tournament. Uh, maybe he wants to write that. And if he does, power to him. But again, no judgment either if he decides to go pro. Yeah, especially just you're risking more games, more chances for injury. Uh, we saw what happened to players who uh, we, we heard of teams tanking for Tua just last year. And now Tua fighting injury and fighting, uh, you know, those people's opinions that he can't stay healthy. So uh, one extra, one more year in college, whether it's extra or it's required, is dangerous, no matter how you shake it, no matter what sport you're playing. But shifting back to football as it was, we've got some football players making some big donations as far as it goes for the coronavirus. Yes, the likes of Ronaldo, Messi are all giving money, up to a million dollars, trying to help with the coronavirus. That's what's going on in uh, soccer news, and that was my soccer voice, so hopefully you guys <laughs> like that. Um yeah. But yeah, we're going to go move on to something fun. Hardy versus Oates. Winner or loser? What will we be? We're going to leave it up to the fans. We're going to pick our starting five, all-time starting five, fantasy draft for NBA. And we're going to rock, paper, scissors, old school style to see whom gets the first pick. All right. How do you do it? Rock, paper, scissors? Or rock, shoot. paper, scissors, shoot. You rock, paper, scissors, shoot. So, all right, guys. So, I get a pick first because Garrison sh- does rock, paper, scissors, shoot. As everyone oh, knows come on. in the streets, we don't say shoot. We just rock, paper, scissors. Just kidding. We can do it. <laughs> we can we can do shoot. I'll okay. do it for you. Okay. okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. 
Hey, wow. first pick. And with the first pick, I, you know I'm a Spurs fan. I've got to do it. I select Michael Jordan. Just kidding. I threw you off there. I'm going with Michael Jordan at the shooting guard spot. You got to. Yeah. Um, and to counter that, that pick, all the love in the world for my favorite player of all time. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. To you and your daughter, Gianna, I'm going to take my first pick. It's going to be Kobe Bryant. Yep, completely understand that move. Don't blame you for picking that at all. He would have. He's right behind Jordan for me, so mm-hmm. of course. Um, second pick for me, I've got to go with Tim Duncan. you got to have that Mr. Fundamental in the post. He's also a great distributor. Uh, gets all the guys involved. Great defense as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with a famous Phoenix Suns player for my next pick. He's also a famous Celtics player. He's also a famous Miami Heat player. And he's also a famous Cleveland Cavalier. He's also a famous Laker. We're going to go with our guy, Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, he played for all those teams. And yes, he's the best. That's my second pick. big Aristotle. He's a stud. I like that one, but I'm going to counter that with... Hakeem the Dream. Can you imagine he and Tim Duncan working in tandem in the post, that high-low action? Both of them have a mid-range jumper. Both of them great defensively. Both of them have a full repertoire of moves on the box. That's a tough front court to stop, even with Shaq. Yeah, you definitely... Definitely left my workout for me here. If we got to work, see what we've got to work with. So uh, I'm going to move away from the post right now because I feel you're filled up. So I can come back to that at a later date. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to move into my point guard position. Okay. I'm going to select as a point guard, LeBron James. Wow. Okay. You just threw me for a loop there. Yeah. So you're going with, since I've got this advantage in the post, you just threw me for, okay. All right. I see you. Well, since you just picked LeBron at small forward, I'm going to go to my small forward spot. Uh, No, I picked him as a point guard. Oh, well, I'm going to pick a guy who can match up with LeBron because my point guard that I'm picking cannot physically match up with LeBron. (laughs) You know what? I'll just go with my point guard since we're on the subject. I got to go with Steve Nash. Okay. I'm looking for a guy who's a killer three-point shooter, killer from the free throw line, great facilitator, one of the best passers in the game, just smart overall, Steve Nash at the point guard. Again, can't guard LeBron. I've got somebody else for that. Okay. With that being said, I've got LeBron handling the ball, okay? So I need someone who can do a lot of things off the ball. Mr. Run in circles, run around, get a screen, pop the shot, Steph Curry. Ah, that's pretty dangerous. That's pretty dangerous. So I've got LeBron. He's going to be able to guard your forward, your strong forward. You're going to be able to guard him on the defensive end, but then bring the ball up. Cool. Force, force that guy to have to play defense. You, you want to know? It's Kawhi Leonard. I'm going with Kawhi Leonard at the small forward. Even though he broke Spurs fans' hearts, just brutally ripped them out and stomped on them and left for Toronto and won a championship a year later, he is the kryptonite to LeBron James. And you saw it on that video in the finals when the Spurs were playing the Heat. Checking into the game, Kawhi Leonard. LeBron turns back and just throws up his hands in frustration. Kawhi Leonard bugs LeBron when he has the ball. That's not to say LeBron won't get his, but Kawhi's going to make it difficult. All right. So, with that being said, I've got to move on and pick my number four, my four position here. I've got to come up with someone. Hakeem, the dream, not the biggest, strongest man in the world. Who can I put down there? Maybe someone a bit more athletic, like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wow. We're going with the big, big athletic, big wingspan, great defensive blocking in the post, as well as able to move and run the floor. I'm going with Giannis. So let's recap, okay? Let's recap, then let's fight to the death, okay? For your, let, Now, I know I called LeBron my point guard. I just wanted to preface that because he's going to bring the ball up the floor. Okay? Right, right. Sure. He's really playing the three for me when you break it down. I'm going to say I got Steph Curry at point. You got Steve Nash. Right. They kind of cancel each other out, in my opinion, as far as defensive capabilities. Okay. Neither of them are that good. I think that Steph is going to be able to get way more buckets than Steve can in this situation. Just coming off of screens, getting the ball, you know, shooting corner threes as well as, you know, just coming around that screen at the free throw line extended. With that being said, nevertheless, 
I say I win the point guard, but we'll have to uh, leave it up to the fans. Uh, leave it up to the fans. All right, oh. next we've got Michael Jordan versus Kobe. This is an endless debate. It can go on forever. They're nearly identical on every facet of the game, defensively, offensively, mentality-wise, um, the way they they the way they interact with their teammates and push the level of competition, whether it be in practice or in games. Man. That couldn't be closer, okay? Yeah. That in, couldn't be closer. In the end, though, it all comes down to the rings. Jordan has six. Kobe has five. End of debate. I not the, the end guard. of the debate. I win the shooting guard. That is not you the, ended the point guard debate That is not early. the end of the debate. You ended the point guard no. debate early. Kobe uh, Bryant <laughs> won with Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum, who couldn't even start on the Sixers, okay? You've got Dennis Rodman, yeah, Pippen. I, yeah, okay, you've got... Coup coach. So what? He's just a... Kerr. He's just a... Stop. Okay, okay, let's let's play okay. random guy. Oh, All right, yeah. Michael Jordan, you had a lot of help. No, if you want to argue no. the, the, the you want to really have an argument about it. Luke Longley. Someone the... who died in a tragic helicopter accident. Oh, my gosh. Obviously, you... I get the Kobe win for the heartstrings and the sadness. You see what he's doing rests. here, fans? Yeah. Don't buy into it. He sounds like a politician. We'll Don't leave it up to the fans. It. Oh, yeah. Moving on. Popular vote. Moving on. All right, moving on. I got LeBron at the three. I've got Kawhi at the three. Both of them, I would say, top three players in the world. I Many will say LeBron's number one, and I can see that. Still, when you look at Kawhi's offensive capability, it's there. It's come how far he's come on the offensive side of the ball since he first entered the league. And defensively, he's always been there. He is a nuisance to whoever has the ball. His gigantic dinner plate size hands are always looking to rip the ball away leads the league in steals consistently yeah. uh talk about a nuisance to your ball handler yeah i think defensively uh i'd have to give it to Kawhi. i think uh even offensively it's they're pretty it's a toss-up but being able to get other people involved i think that's the next level for lebron with the court vision and the leadership so uh Man, that one that one's tough. That one we're going to have to leave up to the fans. The jury's still out. I think Kawhi is an amazing, amazing basketball player. Uh, definitely shouldn't be left out of the conversation. If you're going to have LeBron in the conversation for greatest of all time, be a little patient. Three, four years from now, we might be having the same conversation with Kawhi. So we'll have to wait and see. As all of this is up to the fans, we'll go ahead and put our starting five on our Facebook and create a poll. So don't forget to... Uh, look us up on Facebook, Hardy and o- the Hook and Ladder with Hardy and Oates on Facebook. Uh, and moving on to our number four position, I've got Giannis. I've got Tim Duncan. And the advantage uh, immediately, which is immediately apparent, is athleticism to Giannis. You know, if uh, just he, he's going to run past Tim Duncan if he's got an opening. So I'll give you that. However, we all know Giannis has a lot of work to do with his jump shot. So if I'm Tim Duncan, I'm just going to sit at the free throw line and be like, I dare you to shoot it. Go ahead, shoot it. And if you come down in my neck of the woods, I'm going to be able to handle the strength that you have. So and- with that being said, if you want to sag your coverage back into toward the paint and give Giannis that, then Giannis has the ball. Steph Curry runs right behind him. Giannis sticks his butt out, hands it to Steph Curry, who's wide open for the three now because you're – Point guard Steve Nash is being crushed by Giannis's bun cheeks. <laughs> Wide open three because your help defense isn't there. You're not. You're underextending yourself as rather from overextending. I'm going to say that I'm going to take the win for the Giannis. But that's just me. I would be able to coach it up. I would. Yeah. Who's, who's Giannis? I would have your how's, dad coach up my team. How's he? <laughs> Garrison's dad, coach of the year for high school basketball. Just throwing a quick plug, shameless plug. He couldn't coach this team out of a paper bag. No, I'm just kidding. That you, team Dad. couldn't Love be you. contained <laughs> in a paper bag. Oh, gosh, Good. no. Burst Tim Duncan through. on the offensive end would dominate Giannis in the post, in my opinion. Maybe not strength-wise, but just with his experience and knowledge of the game, his understanding of angles and how he can get around a defender like I Giannis. I think there's very few people who can contain Tim Duncan. That's The proof is in the pudding. That's right. He's That's just right. a smooth criminal. He's good at what he does. He's like watching paint dry. Beautiful, beautiful paint on the ceiling. Silver of... and black paint. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he is. But the, 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 the paint on top of the Sistine Chapel. Exactly. You know, it's beautiful. It's art. It's classic. 
maybe I should have just done a Spurs starting five. No, no. Uh, I've got a lot of Lakers on my team. That would Speaking be of Lakers, at the five position, the big Aristotle, the champ, Mr. Can Rap, Mr. Can Dance, Mr. Ain't Had Hair in a Long While, Shaq. Yeah, and what, what more is needed to be said? Shaq is one of the all-time best dominating centers ever. And one of the best players ever. Hashtag if, GOAT. If he had the work ethic of Kobe Bryant, it, Kobe said it, we would have won probably a dozen championships mm-hmm. would you, if he had my work ethic. And uh, that's probably the only knock you can have on Shaq is he was lazy. Uh, but... When you look at his Orlando days and you mm-hmm. look at his early L.A. Laker days, holy cow. Even when he went to Miami, he was a threat. Yeah, he was uh, a force. He's just, how do you stop that? I would probably have to double. Uh, with, you know, Hakeem's a great defender, but one-on-one, there's nobody who can stop Shaq. Uh, so you'd probably have to, I'd have probably have to bring in help from Michael Jordan or Kawhi Leonard doubling down, trying to affect the play somehow. Yeah, they were kicking the ball out and then help defenses swinging to LeBron. LeBron swings it back to Steph Bucket. Yeah, well, good thing LeBron can't shoot, so we're not. No, worried about I said that. he would swing yeah. it exactly. As the Kawhi that just gives us another Kawhi chance. squeezes down on Shaq, kicks to boom, ball movement, baby. You see this, fans? My team is having ball movement. His team, well, I mean Steve Nash, like I was gonna say, he's, he's a great facilitator. We moved towers. We moved too quickly on from how good Steve Nash can be. I personally have a Steve Nash jersey. He's the man, the Canadian sensation. Imagine pick and rolls with Hakeem and Tim Duncan. Two of the smartest big men in the league and Steve Nash. So many possibilities. But I digress. Uh, It'll Hakeem, be a great game. Hakeem could use his quickness against Shaq on the other side but of the I ball. But I could also switch Shaq to guard Tim and I could have Giannis guard Hakeem. Well, Tim, to be fair, he may not be as fast as Hakeem, but he can probably get around Shaq just fine. They had numerous battles. They did, but the they NBA. were they, they, they were good battles. But I'm saying... They can match up together. I can put Giannis on Hakeem, and that speed means nothing. So fine. Maybe I put Hakeem on Giannis on the other end, and he doesn't have to worry about sagging in the post like you talked about with the Steph Curry screens. Yeah, but so, I mean, we the Greek can... freak is a freak for a freaking reason. All right? <laughs> he is with no shot. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to The Hook and Ladder, as always, with... Hardy. And I am Oates, and we appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to vote on which starting five is better. We'll be putting that post up tonight, that poll up tonight, and uh, I'll make it look all nice and pretty for you. And then, uh, again, please like and share the the stream. Not the stream, I guess, the uh, podcast. We want to see this grow with you guys. Uh, And, uh, again, like and share. We appreciate your listening. Smash the like button. All right. Harry Kane is back. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Oates. Until next time, this is the Hook and Ladder.